All right, all right, all right. Hey, I'm glad you're here too. All right, go ahead and find a seat. Go ahead and find a seat. So if you're new here, we want to welcome you. Thank you for being here. We'd encourage you to fill out a guest card. There are some right back there you can fill out. Um, or see Van. Van, go ahead and stand up. Everybody, if, if you're new, you already met Van. I guarantee you, Van greeted you, welcomed you, and introduced you about 37 people. And uh, we're super thankful for that, thankful for leaders like Van. But every year since I've been here, we like to start our new year in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so today kicks that off. If you're looking for resources to help you do that, I want to encourage you to go to the Mosaic website and under that tab, you'll see under resources, you'll see uh, resources for 21 days of prayer and fasting. There's devotionals there. There are prayers there. I want to encourage you to use those resources throughout this 21 days. And if you're not sure about fasting, there's a document on there to help you think through the different kinds of fasts that you could participate in. So if you struggle with food and things like that, maybe pick something else. Um, if you need to lose a few LBs like you and me, <laughs> um, maybe pick food, okay? And, uh, and so all of us can pick something throughout these 21 days. And it's just not about eliminating it's about replacing that time with pursuing the presence of God and asking Him what it is that He would like to do in and through you this year. We're beginning a brand new series for the month of January called The 5% Life. You've probably seen us putting stuff out on social media. We're going to be sending stuff out via email for this. And... Uh, and I, I got this from a friend. Uh, he's a dear friend of mine. He pastored Hope Church out in Las Vegas for 20 years. He, his name is Vance Pittman, and his church was gracious to give us all of the resources related to this. And it's really something that their church leaned into, and God has blessed their church as every person in their church is seeking to live the 5% life. That's the title of our series, The 5% Life. And the question is, what is that? Why is that important? But we're going to unpack that over these four weeks in January, and we're going to talk about every one of us increasing at least 1% in God time. We'll talk about that one today. And then next week, we're going to talk about what it looks like to increase 1% in gather time, to be faithful every Sunday, to gather with the people of God. And then 1% in group time. So some of you aren't in small groups, and it's going to mean we get a, we're going to need to start new small groups or spin off some new small groups from our existing small groups. But we want to see everybody who calls this place home fully invested 1% of their month in group time. And then the last one is the one that's going to challenge all of us, and that is 2% in go time. And we'll talk about that in the last week, but that's really 2% of your year lived on mission for God. That's seven days. Seven days in a calendar year where you say, I'm specifically going out to see the lost reach, to see the community served, to see the, the nations touched with the gospel, and we're going to be providing lots of opportunities in this calendar year for you to engage in go time. So God time, gather time, group time and go time. Now, there are three kinds of listeners that are here today. 
Maybe you're brand new and today's your first day and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't even know. Maybe you've heard about Jesus. You've heard about God, but you wouldn't say that he impacts your life every single day. And you're here and you're like, this is crazy. This guy got up here and led us through quiet prayer when we started and we sang and those were some great songs. And now he's up here standing up there talking and we don't know when he's going to end. And I just want to encourage you that it's our desire more than anything that you meet Jesus. That's why we're here. We're here so that you would meet Jesus. There's also a person here, there's a group of people here, um, maybe a, a large group, maybe a small group of people. You're here because it's the religious right thing to do. You're like, oh, it's 2023. Let me start my year off right, being in service, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read my Bible. Not because necessarily you have an intimate relationship with God, but you're just checking the boxes. And I want to tell you, as we begin this new year, you can't live the five percent life. You can't follow Jesus in and of your own strength. And so we want to introduce you to Jesus, that you would meet Jesus today. That you would experience what it looks like to live the life of Jesus, to experience the love of Jesus, and that you would begin a connection with God. And then there's some some of us here today that are connected with God. We know God. We're in fellowship with God. We're learning about God. We're growing in our understanding of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And maybe you just need a little bit of encouragement to remain and continue to abide in him. And that's what we want to do today. We want to remind you about Jesus and that the life that Jesus has for you and me is possible. It's possible. And so we talked about this when I first came. We talked about what is a follower of Jesus. A follower of Jesus simply does three things. You can write this down. It's not up on the slide, but a, a follower of Jesus simply does this. They're They're with Jesus. They be with Jesus. I know that's bad grammar, but they be with Jesus. They spend time with Jesus. They're connected to God. And a word that you could put next to be with Jesus is intimacy. They know him. They know him. And like the word says, they know the power of his resurrection in their life, that he took them from death to life and they know him. And so they spend time with him. So it simply means to be with Jesus and to become like Jesus. A word you could put next to this is community. Jesus spent time with his disciples, cultivating a relationship with him. It's just one of the few things that it means to become like Jesus. And then the last thing is to do what Jesus did. To do what Jesus did. John chapter 14 helps us to understand a little bit of this, and I'm not going to read it today. I'd encourage you, when you go home today, crack open your Bible, flip open in your app to John chapter 14, and it's powerful to see what Jesus does. Jesus describes his relationship with the Father in such a way that he communicates the truth that he only does what the Father tells him to do. How does he do this? He's intimately connected to him. But as a result of being intimately connected with him, he does what the Father tells him to do. In other words, he lives on mission. He lives on mission. So doing what Jesus did means that we're connected to our purpose. And our purpose is seen in the Great Commission. To go and make disciples. 
To go and make disciples, not go make followers, not go make Facebook friends, not go make Instagram followers with blue check marks. No, he has called us to make disciples. And so that's what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. It means to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and do what Jesus did. So that raises a question for us this morning, how do we do this? How do we do this? That's what the 5% life is all about. This is four ways that you and I can invest our lives so that we become like Jesus, so that we spend time with Jesus, and so that we do what Jesus did. Just these four things. If we'll do these four things, and we'll see an increase, even if it's just a small increase. So some of you in your God time, like you haven't been reading or praying or spending time with God at all, just start with 15 minutes. We'll talk more about that this morning. For some of you who've been walking with God for a long time, and you found yourself in a rut, and I want to challenge you to lean in today as we look at the life of Jesus and see what it looks like to just 15 minutes more. It might be in your afternoon lunchtime. It might be in your evening time before you go to bed. 15 minutes, just adding it. So today, we're going to look at this idea of God time as a part of the 5% life. If you'll turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Last week, we introduced our verses for this year. And we're going to start here because I believe that it jumps off this idea of time with God, our God time. John chapter 15, remember we challenged you to this year memorize John 15, 5 through 11. It's up on the screen, it says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do what? Apart from me, you can do what? If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my what? Disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Do you see that? He's calling us to do what he did. He abided in the Father's love. And he's calling his disciples to do the exact same thing. What is that? That's be with Jesus. That's to become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. He says this, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be what? Full. That's what God wants for us in this year. That our joy would be full. You can flip over or look at the next passage in Mark 1.35. This is kind of our guiding verse today for this idea of God time. It says this, and rising very early in the morning. How many morning people we got in the room? Just raise your hand. We got some morning people. How many of you are not a morning person? Amen. I like you. All right. 
says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that you would help us in these few moments that we have together. Help us to see the importance of beginning this year in God time. Time spent with you daily, alone, in fellowship. Help us to see this. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Major Ian Thomas says this. He said, The Christian life is nothing less than the life which he lived then, lived now, by him in you. The Christian life is nothing less than the life which he lived then, who is that? That's Jesus, lived now by him in you. You see, today we're going to look at this big idea, and the big idea today is this. Everything Jesus did, he did out of the overflow of intimacy with the Father. Everything Jesus did. Think about that. Jesus' death on the cross, Jesus' resurrection, Jesus' healing of the leper, his healing of the blind man, his walking on water, everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus did flowed out of his intimacy with the Father. Every single thing. And so we're just going to unpack that statement. We're going to think about that through the lens of Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Number one, Jesus spent time with the Father. He spent time with the Father. How did Jesus spend time with the Father? I'm going to give you some really practical things to write down because I want all of us to lean into our relationship with God, to increase by at least 1%. That's 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day. For some of you, it's, it's starting with 15 minutes. For some of you, it's adding 15 minutes. All of us have a place that we can lean into this. Jesus spent time with the Father with intention. Look at Mark 1.35. It says... And rising very early, while it was still dark, he departed. One translation says he got up. You see, you and I are not going to have the relationship with God that we desire in 2023 on accident. On accident. It's not going to happen on accident. Some of us think it, things happen on accident. We lose weight on accident. Anybody ever experienced that? Nope. Maybe you had a surgery and on accident you just lost a bunch of weight. But that's about it. You see, he got up. Intentionality defined is being doing something on purpose or by design. Jesus' life by design was lived in intimacy with the Father. He got up very early. You know what's interesting about this passage is if you look at the beginning part of this, Jesus in Mark chapter 1, Jesus is performing all kinds of miracles and all kinds of people are right outside the house. And, and, and they are telling him he's awesome and amazing and tremendous and they're so glad that he's here and he is like the big deal. It's like he's all of a sudden gained 1,000 or 2,000 or 10,000 followers. And everybody's excited that he's there. And rather than leaning into that, rather than early in the morning starting in a morning service so that he can now serve the masses of people even more, before he, he, he gets up, he spends time with the Father. 
It seems so counterintuitive to the the life that we are encouraged to live in this world, which is to seek as many followers outside of us as possible. And Jesus' most important relationship that he cultivates first is intentional relationship with the Father. When Jesus went to bed the night before, I guarantee you he had a design, he had a plan. The Gospel of Luke tells us it was his pattern of life. This is what he did. He just got up early in the morning because he expected God to show up. Can you imagine that mosaic if you got out of the bed every morning and you expected that God the Father wanted to be in relationship with you? Could you imagine how that would change our church service every week when we came in here and we expected God to show up and to speak to us? And to do something, I guarantee you if our attitude and our heart changed towards that just in the gathering, we would be here early. We would be saving a seat, not because we like sitting in a certain space and we want to be rude to somebody else who comes in and says, nope, that's my seat. No, we would be here because we are expecting God to show up. That's how Jesus lived his life. He expected God to show up, God the Father to show up and use him and to tell him what to do. The question is, how intentional are you about your time with the Father? What is your plan, your purpose, or your design? I'll do that when I get time is often our intention. We wait for the day to get going. And often the day causes us to fix our attention on it rather than God. A guy named Clyde Cranford says this. He says, For centuries, those who have truly sought to know God intimately have found it imperative to set aside some time each day to focus their attention and affection on Him. As we spend devotional time in the Word and prayer, God is pleased to commune with us and to reveal more and more of who He is little by little. You know, some of us, I believe, in our walk with God, we're waiting for that moment, like Paul experienced, like Saul experienced on the road to Damascus where we get knocked off the horse and his bright shining light reveals to us what we're supposed to do. But we forget, you know, Paul, he's like spent time blind, learning from Ananias and just learning what it means to just walk with God before he was ever sent out to do anything. You see, Paul lived the life that Jesus lived, which is an intimate communion with him. So Jesus spent time with the Father with intention. Here's the second one you can write down. Jesus spent time with the Father in the morning. In the morning. Mark 1.35 says, in the early morning. I, I want you to understand that I'm not saying that every single person in this room needs to be a morning person. Can I get an amen to that? All the non-morning people are like, praise the Lord right? The question though is, is there a pattern to your life where he's first? Where he's first. Is there a pattern where he's first? That's what Jesus shows us in this early in the morning. You see, the goal is to be with Jesus and to become like Jesus and to do what Jesus did. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, So what Jesus did is he didn't give God the leftovers. 
He didn't give his relationship to the Father the leftovers. He was intimate with him. It was the first thing. It was the most important thing. So we must fix our hearts on God before each day because our day is going to cause it, cause us to fix our eyes on it. And Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? You see, if you and I don't fix our hearts on God first, this world and everything in it will cause us to fix our eyes on it. You see, when I don't fix my attention on God, my spiritual, my emotional, my physical health all flows from that. All of a sudden, now I am trying to bear the weight of my life. I'm trying to bear the weight of my life. And eventually, the mental tank, the emotional tank, the spiritual tank gets empty. And what that looks like for me is all kinds of terrible coping mechanisms. But you know what God has for us? Something greater, something better than that. And that's an intimate relationship with Him. That's why we begin this year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's about fixing our attention on Him. It's like hitting the reset button and saying, no, pay attention here. And so my encouragement to you is, just like Jesus, to do what Jesus did and to increase just by 15 minutes. That's 1% of your day of focusing on Him. So Jesus spent time with the Father with intention and in the morning, but He did it without distractions. It says He left the house. Why? Because back during this time, the house was the center of everything. It's where people gathered. It's where business deals took place, there and at the gates. And so Jesus goes out to a desolate place. Why? Because he needed distraction-free time with God. Some of you are seeking to grow in your intimate relationship with God, and your Bible is on your phone. And one of the most intentional things you could do is buy one of these, right? A real book. Can I get an amen, Bill? Amen. (laughs) Get one of these. Why? Because there are no notifications other from God that come from this book, right? There's no Facebook dings. There's no Instagram dings. You know you can turn those off, by the way, but there's nothing else. It's here. We've become so digitized that we've actually enabled ourselves to be so distracted away from God that we can't hear from him. That's what I gather from this, from Jesus going out to a desolate place. He found the place without distraction. For Jesus, he had to leave the house. It was the center of activity. For you and I, it's leaving this. This is often the center of much of our activity. So the question is, is where is your spot to connect with God? I can tell you where my spot is. My spot since January 1 is the corner of our long couch with the end table, and there's a light. And I'm getting up earlier, and I'm sitting there with my cup of coffee and the Word. That's my spot. In fact, when my kids decide to get up earlier, you know, like on Saturday, they're like, what in the world? Right? Sleep in, Right? They get up early. I'm in that spot. And they want to come tackle me in that spot. I'm like, this is my spot. Where's that for you? Where's that spot? Where's that desolate place? 
without distraction. Now, I know this. There are parents in this room. you got little kids. And you're going to have to, with more intention, find it. You're going to have to communicate with your spouse and say, I need this. I need you to do this so I can do this. It's going to require communication. It's going to require sacrifice on your part to maybe get up even earlier or stay up even later so that you can experience alone time with him. So he was without distractions. Jesus spent time with the Father alone. It says he went to a secluded place. You see, there are places of intimacy that you will never experience at church, in a group, or in a Bible study with other people. It's just you and him. My hope is in 2023 that you will experience intimacy like never before with him. And lastly, Jesus spent time with the Father consistently. See, I'm convinced that we don't experience the results of an intimate relationship with God because we simply gave up too quickly. We give up too quickly. It says he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. This was his consistent pattern. This is what he did. A.W. Tozer says this, The simplicity which is in Christ is rarely found among us. In its stead are programs, methods, organizations, and a world of nervous activities which occupy time and attention but can never satisfy the longing of a heart. That's what these five things describe to us. He longed for intimacy with the Father. Why? Because he had experienced it for all eternity past. He knew he would experience in all eternity future intimacy with the Father. And in these moments on this earth, his 33-something-odd years, he spent an intimate relationship with the Father. The only time he was disconnected from him was on the cross where the Father turned his back on him because of our sin. God was willing to lay down that intimate connection with the Father for you and me. This was the pattern of his life. As we close, one last point. Jesus spent time with the Father so that the Father could accomplish his purposes through him. His purposes through him. So the question then is, how do I spend daily time alone with God in fellowship with Him? Some of us have been doing this a long time, and this section is just a reminder. For some of us, we're trying to figure out how to spend those 15 minutes. I want to encourage you to listen up in these last few moments that we have in the message. Number one, establish the proper goal. Establish the proper goal in your intimate relationship with the Father. That's it. That's the goal. Intimacy with Him. You see, we can get duped into believing that our walk with God is just simply by gaining more knowledge so that we can answer Bible trivia questions. We can think that our our religious duty is so that we can figure out how to understand what's going on. All of those things are good. Knowing things about the Bible, learning doctrine, all of that's really, really important. But The most important thing is that you would grow in intimacy with the Father. That's the most important thing. The goal isn't a checkbox or a reading plan or a new knowledge set or a new understanding of a doctrine. The goal is to spend time with Him. That's the goal. 
You see, therefore, this is what Andrew Murray says. He says, therefore, my brother, who would learn to abide in Jesus? Take time each day before you read, while you read, after you read, to put yourself into living contact with the living Jesus. To yield yourself to Him consciously to His blessed influence so you will give Him the opportunity of taking hold of you, of drawing you up and keeping you safe in His almighty life. What is this? You establish the proper goal. The proper goal isn't finishing the Bible in a year. It's knowing Him. It's also preparing your heart. How do you develop a fellowship with God, intimate relationship with Him? You prepare your heart before you do it. For 10 years, I, I pastored a church called Aletheia in Norfolk, Virginia at Old Dominion University. And I would meet with college young men all the time especially at the beginning of the year, and they would talk about wanting an intimate relationship with God. And they would say something like this, I, I read the word, but I don't get anything out of it. And then I would ask them a question. Did you pray before you read? Did you ask him to help you understand? There were, there were two things that I was getting after. Number one, that they would see that they weren't inviting the God who breathed these words into existence to help them. The Holy Spirit is called our helper. So why don't you just prepare your heart each day when you spend time with him and ask him to help you. God, would you help me to understand what you've read, what you've written, what I read today? The second thing I was getting after is reading, it's not about you. You see, we're so consumeristic. When we say, I didn't get anything out of that. Let me ask you, husbands, if you approached your relationship with your wife that way, how well would your relationship be with your wife? It'd be terrible, I'll just tell you. If you went on a date night and you were kind of, you get home and you're like, you know, that was terrible, I didn't get anything out of it. I know what Jessica would say to me, that's your own dang fault right? I think that's what we do with God. We do that with Him. We come to this word like a consumer, thinking that we're going to get some kind of cool knowledge or some kind of filling that is going to help us do what we want to do, rather than going to this word to intimately be connected to the Father and understand what He has to say for us, to us and what He has for us to do. What he, he needs to change in us, a sin that we need to confess. Rather than doing that, we come to this word like, I, like it's a vending machine. Like I'm going to get something out of it. And to keep us from doing that, we have to prepare our hearts. And we do this by praying. Psalm 119.18 says this, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. God, give me faith to understand what your words have to say. God, I need you today. I need your grace to even spend time with you today, Lord. If you desire to speak to me today, I'll do my best to listen. 
Those are the kinds of things I say to him when I spend time with God. So we pray, we exercise our faith. You know, every morning it's an exercise of faith to believe that he will show up. And so we lean in. We say, God, I'm trusting that you're going to be here. You know, when Jesus got out from the, and from the house and went to the desolate place, he had faith that his father would meet him there. That's why he abided. That's why he bared much fruit. That's why the disciples around him were filled with his joy and the people around them were filled with joy. R.A. Torrey said this, you don't have to conjure up the presence of God. You just lean into it. And so you exercise patience. Don't give up too quickly. Just enjoy his presence. Allow, you say, I don't even know what to pray. Allow his words to guide your prayers. Go to the Psalms. Maybe you're brand new to this, and you're 15 minutes this week. I want to challenge you to do this. Maybe you're brand new. Just go to the Psalms, pick one, and let it guide your time talking to God. So, so the one we started our service with, Psalm 22, it says, you inhabit the praises of your people, or, or Israel. God, would you today allow your presence to inhabit my praises towards you today. Just sit in that. And then go to the next verse and do the same thing. And go to the next verse and do the same thing. I guarantee you, you do that with some of the Psalms. Yeah, be careful with them. You know, like Psalm 119, you know, or some of those other ones that are just like you keep flipping the page, right? And you'll look up and the time has just gone by. And you spent time in his presence. So here are some final thoughts as we conclude. Don't be in a hurry. God isn't a checkbox. Linger just a little bit longer. Set a time. It was his pattern to get up early in the morning. What does it need to be for you? Set a time. Before you walk out of this place today, pull out your technology, pull out your phone, open up your calendar, and set a reminder. This is when I'm going to spend time with the Father. This is when I'm going to increase by 1%. And then don't stray too long from the Gospels. Why? Because our goal is to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus and do what Jesus did. There's nothing wrong with reading the Old Testament. Great, do that. Nothing wrong with reading other New Testament books. Do that. But you know what? The Gospels help us to see the life of Jesus. So come back to it. Keep coming back to it. Maybe you would want to join me. In this 21 days, I'm reading through the Gospels. Join me in that. Tell me that. After the service, say, hey, I'm going to join you this week, this week and the rest of the 21 days reading through the Gospels. But share that with somebody before you leave. And don't forget to enjoy the presence of God. Would you pray with me?